America, America. Oh, are you ready? Yeah. I'm big and I'm white and together we are big and white and you are listening to the big and white podcast a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia so what are we talking about today white that is a great question big um today we are talking about we're talking about me on today's episode oh, hey so, yeah, I just got back from the U.S., and we're going to talk about that and how weird it is to go from the developing parts of Asia to the most supposedly developed country in the world. <laughs> Whoa, mind blown. Hey, Europeans will argue with you on that one. Yeah, I said supposedly. <laughs> the alleged most developed Ray. country. <laughs> That's a callback for you listeners. <laughs> And it's not just that, but it's also the whole experience of leaving your home country, moving to a new place, getting used to it, all of that yeah. struggle, and then going back and having to like unget used to it. Yeah. It's it's only in- been like a interesting few days experience. since I got back, so still pretty fresh. Word. Well, first, let's listen to White's thoughts about what she thought her experience would be like before she went. (laughs) So we're pre-recording this in my living room in Kathmandu, Nepal. My room, my living room, by the way, I was thinking about this after your millennial, last millennial minute. Yeah, what color is it? My living room is millennial pink Mm -hmm. and I feel so good about it. Nepal is so up on the times it's also like spring green also love accent walls (laughs) they love accent walls you paint your room white and they're like white are you sure yeah they think it's real weird that's something i should have said that in our other episode that's something that when i moved here i was like (laughs) weirded out by like "Mm, i'm definitely gonna paint my bedroom guys and then basically out of laziness three years later i got real used to it and now i like it yeah (laughs) my room is light pink and then the accent wall is mm. dark pink and then i have an even darker pink wow. carpet i struggled to choose a decoration theme but mm. anyway that's not what we're here to talk about <laughs> i know you guys just want to hear our random ramblings they're my favorite so we are actually here because dun, drum dun, roll dun, please dun, 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 dun. that's not, not a drum really roll, a drum roll. <laughs> What? I was trumpets. doing it before you announced it. Little <laughs> <laughs> trumpets, drumble, same thing. Um, White is going to America. Ah, yes, for the first time mm. since moving to Asia, mm. she has not left. I haven't Asia. left Asia in yeah. a year and a half. Girl, I'm so excited for mm. you. Also a little nervous. Me so, too. our plan is we want to hear what she's expecting from her trip, and then after she comes back. Then we'll get to hear how wrong she was. Because <laughs> you cannot prepare yourself for this. How she underestimated this crazy, crazy life she's going to have. So my first question for you, White, is how many days, hours, and minutes, and seconds until you get on a plane? Why I totally don't have a countdown on my phone screen, and it's definitely not 10 days, 11 hours, and 54 minutes. <laughs> she needs a vacation, can you tell? 
Okay, so now that we know how much time you have before you go, um, I mean, and by that I mean how much time of agonizing you have mm. before your magicalness yeah. happens. My first question for you is, what are you excited about? Oh, man, I'm so excited to see my family again, my family and friends, because one feature of living here is that there's such a high level of transience. And so, yeah, we have a great community of expats here, but you pretty much always have some kind of expiration date in mind with a lot of your friendships. And that sounds kind of sad, but <laughs> super sad. Yeah. I hate that way of putting it. But, now I'm like wondering, what's my expiration date? <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like you meet people and a lot of people only stay for one or two years. And so you kind of have to like get really serious with your friends really quick because of that, which is actually a really cool thing. But it makes it kind of hard because you're constantly starting new relationships and you're having the same conversations of why are you here? Where are you from? Tell me about yourself. And yeah, so you have to get really deep really fast. And I am really excited to see people who I don't have to have any kind of background information. Like yes. I have siblings who we share the same obscure movie quotes from the same stupid 1980s movies. You just make one noise and they know exactly, exactly the moment you're referring to from like 1997. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> I like that answer. Okay. Um, what are you afraid of? Um, I'm actually a little bit afraid that I'm going to be grumpy the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> um, from past experience from traveling back to the States from being overseas, I get kind of like withdrawn and mm. angsty when I get back and people are like really excited and they want to an ask questions and I want to talk about my experience, uh. but I'm like tired and um, going through reverse culture shock and I just like want to withdraw. <laughs> so right. Well, and sometimes it's like too big, you know, they're like, yeah. so how was your trip? Mm. And you're like, well, it's not a trip. It's yeah. my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Nepal. And you're like, where do I even start? Yeah. That's when you just point them to our podcast. Exactly. Oh, Don't you want to so well. spend hours and hours <laughs> listening to my experience? The most obscure parts of Nepal. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you expect to find overwhelming? Mm. Well my family <laughs> <laughs> that's just your answer for every um i come from a pretty big family and we're all getting together which is going to be awesome but that's like 20 people of many different ages you can't see my eyes a getting very really big right small now. house and um yeah and i'm a single person and so i'm kind of used to just being able to be like Oh, well, I'm going to the grocery store. This is what I'm doing right now. All right, I'm going. And then suddenly you have 20 people to be like, oh, where are we going to lunch? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should go here. Oh, no. Where's this person? Oh, no. We left him back at the hotel. Oh, crap. We got to go back to the hotel. Uh, who's calling him? No, I'm not calling him. Oh, no. We've lost another kid. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. The question is, the craziness. Oh, what's going to overwhelm you? That is overwhelming. Oh. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to looking forward to the overwhelmingness yeah, of that. Exactly. Mm, good. Um, okay, here's another question for you. How do you expect to handle jet lag? Not well. So when I moved to Nepal, 
there's a 12 hour time difference. And uh, that means that it takes about 12 days to get over your jet lag. So I was waking up at like three or 4am for two weeks. And I ate a family sized bag of (laughs) peanut butter M&M's. That's how I coped with jet lag coming here. (laughs) So mother buy me the family size peanut butter M&M's. Um, so I plan on dealing with jet lag in a variety of ways, big, um, a lot of sugar. That sounds like a terrible idea. Teak shops, thrift shops, and a lot of small children, i.e. nieces and nephews coming into my room at like 630. That's how I'm going to deal with jet lag. That sounds like the worst (laughs) plan ever. And probably melatonin. Mm, I've heard that works, but I've never really. Yeah, well, I'll get back to you. Yeah, you let me know. (laughs) We'll find out later. (laughs) Um, And you're going to be there for how long? Um, Not quite a month. Like, okay. A little over three weeks, maybe. Mm, So that's not a very long trip. It's an awkward amount, though, Mm -hmm. because I've, in my experience, (laughs) you know, I'm so experienced. if it's like two weeks, you can get through on adrenaline mm. and you don't have to deal with jet lag and you kind of like, you just store up all your energy and then when you get back to Nepal, then you like <laughs> die. But I feel like that's long enough that you can't do that. Like you actually have to be a healthy person and like Great. deal with your life. Yeah. Good luck with that. Thanks. I hear you're an adult now, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable, so. Mm. Okay. Here's another really important question. What do you think will make you cry? Mm. So many things. Wait, is the answer your family again? Because <laughs> Probably. <laughs> also, with traveling internationally, the only thing that's ever made me cry is seeing my mom. Aww. Or like getting a delayed flight and knowing I won't get to see my mom and she's waiting for me. Aww. And then I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't control my emotions anymore. <laughs> Stewardess, just give me a big alcoholic drink and don't look at my shame. Yep. Yeah. My mom already told me that we needed to cuddle when I got home. So that kind of makes me want to cry like right now. So (laughs) cute. Your mom sounds adorable. She's pretty much the best ever. So, yeah. Um, But on like the things that might make me stressed cry, Mm. um, probably the grocery store Mm. um i'm like trying to prepare myself for it as much as possible yeah i found that to be a good technique is pep talk yourself (laughs) on the plane like oh my god just think about parking lots just think about them they're so (laughs) big they're so big like that that kind of thing all right yeah i'll start that as part of my morning routine that's my extremely experienced Mm. older woman advice to you wise wise big young millennial white (laughs) (laughs) young grasshopper (laughs) that i am okay i have one more thing for you okay um we found this article about food trends in america right now all the stuff we've been missing out on so i actually haven't looked at this article yet either so we're gonna look at it together now and um maybe you guys can let us know if you have experienced any of these food trends or if you just want to comment. Yeah, because even though I haven't looked at this article, America, I can tell you that I'm confused. Like, 
What's going on? I mean, in a Nepal, we're really excited that we have donuts available to us now. Like, and that's kale. a really big deal. Kale and on Mondays kale, and Fridays. I can buy chia seeds now. Honey pie. I can buy whatever yakon is. <laughs> um, so, all right. Here so, we go. Number one. Number one. No broth ramen. Is that just like... I think it's I mean, like no ramen with no broth. <laughs> Based on the photo, it looks like, um, what's that Korean dish that has like all the different things, but it only cooks like once you put the liquid in. Yeah. But since there's no liquid, I'm nervous that it's raw. Um. Oh yeah, it's Mazamin. Japanese style. Oh Japan. Oh Japan. Well, let me tell you, America, we eat no broth ramen here too. Um. You just open a bag of ramen and sprinkle the chili powder on it, and you just eat that. You, you crunch it up first into little crunchy, uncooked pieces, and then pour it into your mouth. Yeah, like seriously, I on one of my last field works, uh, we were kind of nutrient deficient. We didn't have very many snacks. I ate that snack like eight times in 23 days, at least. White is so ahead of this trend. <laughs> So I can show you guys how it's done. All right. I'm ready for the next one. (laughs) Oh, God. No. (laughs) Tasty injections. (laughs) Oh. Is it just like the uninjected middle part of a donut? But also it looks medicinal. By the way, um, (laughs) listeners, if you want to look at the actual article that we're looking at, it's foodgod.com slash biggest food trends just google that foodgod.com you're not sponsoring you and i feel weird about your name so i don't even let's just move on from sauce filled syringes yeah which is literally the article's description of this weird food i don't know why you need a syringe anywhere near your meal but i want it pre-injected that's all i need yeah Hot pot number three, dude. Right. We, we have about this in hot Malaysia. Pot. It took us a while to figure it out because the people at the restaurant were confused and didn't know that they needed to explain it to us. <laughs> but once we got it, it was awesome. If you guys don't know what hot pot is, it's a it's a Chinese dish where you get this pot. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot, and it has like two different soups in it. So when we did it, it was like a cream-based soup and then a like spicy, like kind of like Thai-style soup. And then you go and it's a buffet and you choose all the things that you're going to put in there. So I guess kind of like a, um, what's that called where you dip it in the cheese? Fondue. A fondue buffet. Yeah. And so Without you, cheese. Without cheese. It's like the meat kind of fondue. But you can get like vegetables and you can get like different types of meats and a lot of seafood, really good seafood food i put a whole baby octopus in mine Mm. it was hard to eat (laughs) but that sounds so carnivorous (laughs) whole baby octopus secret vegetarian over here (laughs) and but then so you leave it in the soup and then once it's cooked then you just scoop it into Mm. your own little bowl and do all the sharesies yeah we actually support this trend what i don't support is that this article writer said delicious and super fun no soup puns, please. <sighs> All right. Number four. Alternative sweeteners. Is this a new How trend? How is that a trend? That's it's not, not a, a new trend. thing either. 
You know what is a trend is yak on syrup. Yes. That is an art. Of, I mean, that is an alternative. It is. Yeah. I, we're going to play oh. this in the future. So by then I'll know what yak on syrup <laughs> yeah. is. We need to actually try yak I'm syrup. I'm really excited. Okay. Number five. Uh, root to stem eating. Does that just mean like you don't cut <laughs> the greens off your carrot? Using entire fruits and vegetables. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's exactly what it sounds wow. like the don't discard movement well i feel good about not discarding sure my uh the picture looks good that is a nepali, complex salad there nepali people that i know watch me make salads and i like throw away really hard pieces of stem and they're like disgusted by that they're you like that's good that. too they do that with meat too i'm always like i get yeah, served man. chicken and i like at the end i have a little pile of bones and i look at the nepali <laughs> next to me and there's no bones on their plate and i'm like did you swallow mm. those or... eating chicken bones yeah that'll come to america someday number <laughs> six this one is just for white because she's our resident millennial and it's insta friendly restaurant look everything is millennial pink oh my god i think those are even like pickled i don't know something that's pink <laughs> on a burger is that is that like literally like the restaurant advertises hi we're we're instagram friendly or scroll down i need to find out look at what this napkin says it says pink as f oh my god it's spelled out it's not f by the way i'm a classy lady well yeah so (laughs) well i just don't know how i feel about that i I think we should move on i'm feeling stressed out Mm medicinal mushrooms is number seven. Ooh, that is a new trend for normal people but a hundred percent lifetime trend for hippies yeah my dad just picks mushrooms out in the woods <laughs> no <laughs> joke like sketchy danger it does like, i is know this soup gonna get me high he'll be like me? well i went to this hippie commune and the mushroom specialist told me about these mushrooms and now i found some in my own woods but I'm not enough of a hippie to eat them. So. I like the idea of like finding your own mushrooms. I think that's super cool. But I just don't trust myself enough to yeah, not pull no. a like into the wild and get the wrong kind and die. Yep. Well, it looks like you can probably go to like L.A. or New York and pay a buttload of money and get mushrooms that won't kill you. Hopefully. But apparently they can reduce stress and are anti-inflammatory so there you go gotta detoxify number eight creative collabos is that really in a brief right now collabos that means collaboration yeah. it should be collabors according to collabors. the rules <laughs> chefs love to try new things and push the limits of creativity okay speaking of pushing the limits of creativity this isn't what this is about, but but White was telling me that the part of the country where she's from, I have not seen this trend, or maybe she just saw it on Instagram, is that it's like all the desserts, you put them together into yes. one mega dessert, I and don't... I'm horrified and disgusted mm. by this. Yeah, I don't know. Number nine. Whatevs. <laughs> More vegetables? Time. This is a dumb list. Let's skip number nine. What else is going on here? <laughs> cannabis cuisine of course Ugh. yeah that's i moved here in 2014 so i have missed this whole legalization yeah. trend and i'm really fascinated to like just go to a store where you mm. can just buy like weed brownies like yeah kind man. of 
I kind of just want to see what those stores are like. I want to go to them. I was on a Greyhound that stopped in Denver right after (laughs) weed became legal. And everyone ran off the bus. Yes. Like, (laughs) ran. No joke. This is our moment. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) And they came back as idiots. Well, that was... In some ways more horrifying, in some ways less exciting than I yeah. expected. I don't understand you, America, but like, cool. Look, see, this is one of those things. No, don't click on it. I just found a picture of no. one of those ginormous desserts. Freak, a freak shake. shake. That's what it's no, called. No, no. Look at that. No, I don't want to. I can't. I'm closing my eyes, you guys. This is. It's in a mason jar with a handle, of course. It's a full milkshake. There's a brownie. There's ice cream. There's an Oreo. There's whipped cream. There's a, a marshmallow. There's a Pocky Pock. But, oh, oh. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay, let's stop before I break yeah. everyone's ears with my whining noises. You guys, I love you, but there's no need for this. <laughs> I think it's time stop for an the intervention. Yes. Okay, well, um, now that you're fully prepared mm. for your trip to America by understanding the food trends of this year. I'm s- more scared now than I was before. I know less than I thought I did. Yeah. But I feel weirdly superior, so I have that going. Well, that's the benefit of living overseas yeah. your whole life, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can always be superior. Well, in my country where I live, yeah. we do it way better. Okay, well, I'm really looking forward to listening to this with you again in a month <laughs> and then finding out how wrong you were about all of these yeah. questions. And I'll let you know about what's going on with food. I'm pretty sure in the South it's the exact same stuff we've been eating for the last 80 years. but Which I've never understood anyway. So yeah. Cool. All right, well, talk to you soon. Great. And we're back. So, wait, I have some questions for you about what your time was like in the old US of A. Um, My very first question, which is super important, is did you ever feel like Kimmy Schmidt? You know, I felt less the Kimmy Schmidt effect than I kind of assumed that I would coming back. Can you explain what Kimmy Schmidt is or do you want me to? For our you go for listeners. it. I feel like you're excited about it. <laughs> oh. I think you coined the phrase. I mean, I think maybe I experienced the Kimmy Schmidt effect, and so that's why I'm <laughs> so excited about it. So those of you who haven't seen, there is a Netflix show by Tina Fey, who's a magical human. Genius. And it is about a woman who got locked in a bunker when she was in middle school and then didn't come out until she was 30. So it's like one of those you know, oh, you're jumping forward in time kind of things. I think I especially connected with it because the character is exactly my age. So all the things that, all the pop culture things she knew from before she went in the bunker are things I knew. And then I watched the show when I was in the U.S. And I was like, I also don't know about iPhones, Kimmy Schmidt. We're the same. (laughs) But I mean, not that I'm likening Nepal to being locked in a bunker, usually. (laughs) allegedly allegedly just keep using that word (laughs) remove all responsibility from yourself (laughs) um but 
Yeah, it is weird. I feel like Nepal, it is like being back in time a little bit in certain ways. I mean, in Kathmandu, things are are getting a lot more modern, but it still is like being in a different universe a little bit. So then you, if you go back to where you're from, it's like you just jumped forward in time a year. So suddenly all these things that other people heard about from their friends or things that everyone kind of knows because it happened, you don't know about. And it's a very strange feeling. Yeah. Anyway, but it didn't happen to White because she is on the internet all the time. Yeah, <laughs> knows everything about you, America. I like hardcore prepared for this i was so scared that i was gonna be like completely weird when i got back to the states so I, after like, only a year and a half mind you yeah <laughs> people well, back in the day would be gone for like five years yeah like pack all of my stuff up in a coffin and set sail yeah that actually happened but no not to me um i like <laughs> i started following this supermodel on youtube who does like a lifestyle vlog and stuff so you could emulate her <laughs> just so that i knew what was happening in like the most fashionable parts so of you America. wouldn't be surprised when you saw people walking around in bathing suit tops as shirts yes or like leotards or booty shorts or anyway yeah so all that to say I didn't feel so much like I had emerged from a bunker and was like completely confused and wearing stuff that was 20 years out of date or anything. Somehow go back in time with your fashion. <laughs> yeah. So retro would have been cool anyway. <laughs> Everyone's wearing 80s mom jeans though. So. Yeah, you can pretty, I feel like in fashion right now you can wear whatever you want. Like all, you know, it used to be like, oh, the 50s are back in style. Now it's the 60s. Now it's like, we're going to take the 50s and the 80s. And the 90s. And that part of the 2000s that you always said that you would never wear again. And now you're wearing it. What? What happened? Yeah, that's pretty much my reading. I feel like that's been going on for a while. But it's like we're starting to run out of things. So now we're on all of the bad things. Like at first it was like, let's take the best of the 60s and the 20s and the 90s. And now it's like, oh, well, we did all those. So (laughs) mm, leftovers. (laughs) They, like, are cycling through really quickly now. It's like when you haven't gone grocery shopping for a long time and all that's left in your pantry is, like, a can of tuna, some weird (laughs) beans, and, like, also sardines. And you're like, I can make a meal with these things. That's really true. This is now a fashion podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what, well, first of all, what was it like when you first stepped off the plane? Did you have any weird feelings? So I didn't have that great of an experience actually getting to America. I had to stop off in Istanbul and was like late for my connecting flight by like an hour or something. Um, Yeah, so I ended up having like a later connecting flight. So I was kind of angry. And so by the time that I got to the U.S., I had a connecting flight like to JFK in New York and then took another flight from there to my like actual airport Anyway, all that to say, by the time that I got to my actual airport, I was kind of grumpy and stuff. So when I got off the plane at JFK and was like waiting for a couple hours for my connecting flight, I was like, you know what? I've prepared myself for this moment. I'm going to buy something. So I like went to one of the you know, those stores that every single airport has. Where everything costs 200% of its yeah, normal like price. with magazines and snacks and stuff. And I was like, okay, White, you're going to, like, act like a normal person in this store. 
you're going to walk through and you're going to buy something and you're going to pay for it with your credit card and you're not going to look like an idiot who barely ever uses her credit card. And then I looked at, I was <laughs> How like, how do these newfangled things <laughs> yeah. work? Uh, so I like looked at the water because that's safe. And then I got really overwhelmed <laughs> looking at the water. <laughs> like, there's so many flavors of water. <laughs> so I ended up just getting completely, like, overwrought looking at this. And I ended up buying, like, a flavored water that ended up being, um, like, club soda, kind of. <laughs> so it was, like, <laughs> it was fizzy. Fine, but... Not what yeah. you expected, necessarily. And I also, like, speaking of water... One of the first things that really surprised me getting into the States was that water fountains exist. Yeah. It's not that I just forgot about them. It's just that I just haven't thought about them in like two years. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, living in Nepal, like we filter all of our water. And so you just get used to not having water that's super readily accessible and you like always have to think about whether the water is safe or not or even more than that like you don't even think about it it's just not safe unless proven otherwise right you just have to buy it yeah there's no other option and so then i'm like looking at these water fountains and i'm like holy crap like drinkable water is so readily accessible here it's so bizarre things you really take for granted you know when you live like i mean my parents live in la they filter their tap water awesome yeah but I feel like most places in the U.S., you don't even have to think about it. You just don't. I mean, my mom's water just comes out of a well in the backyard. And I mean, we're probably slowly getting poisoned by it, but we don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) What you don't know can't hurt you, right? It's like covered up by an old uh, oven, like baking sheet. It's just out in the yard. It's like an open hole just covered with a baking sheet. (laughs) that's amazing your life in america is actually not that different from the village in nepal it's really not i was thinking about that while i was in the states actually (laughs) yep this is this is definitely the american equivalent of a village there's like population of 800 maybe everyone knows each other everyone knows each other's business there's chickens running around yes yeah (laughs) see exactly the same (laughs) oh man so is there anything that when you were in the u.s like surprised you or you kind of i mean you talked about the water fountains but was there anything that you like thought you were prepared for and then you weren't Hmm. the food there's a lot of it in america (laughs) (laughs) and like at one point i ended up eating indian And I was with two of my friends, and one of them, well, we were talking about where we were going to eat. And I said, anything except for Nepali or Indian. Not because I don't like it, but I'm like, it's so readily available. In Nepal, I can get Indian for like a dollar, if that, for a full meal for myself. So just not Indian. And she was like, you know, I've never eaten Indian at a restaurant. I'm like, dang it. (laughs) Well, now we have to go and eat Indian. So I paid $15 for an Indian meal. (laughs) Everything. Yeah. Food's so expensive. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's so cheap here. 
right. can go out to eat. I mean, seriously. I mean, I I feel like there's almost no restaurant here that's inaccessible to me. Yeah. Like I was thinking about that. We have this food blogger that we like called Nepal Food. You should follow him on Instagram. See He's what awesome. food is cool in Nepal. But um, yeah, I mean, sometimes every once in a while he'll post something that's like very fancy and you know, I, in the States, like I would only go to mid range and below restaurants for sure. And I recently he posted something that was like almost out of my price range. And I, re- <laughs> I remember feeling kind of like surprised and or horrified. <laughs> like, whoa, I was like, I don't like saying this, but I think this is a moment when I need to check my privilege. <laughs> we really, I mean, I could eat like, you know, I mean, a full meal with a fancy non-alcoholic beverage is like $8. Yeah. So... We, get, we got the good life here. We're so spoiled. And not spoiled, but like mostly spoiled. <laughs> yeah, mostly spoiled. <laughs> spoiled in all the material ways. Yeah. So speaking of being horrified, was there anything that horrified you? Also in the realm of food. Before I went to the U.S., we talked about food trends that are happening in the West right now. Oh, yeah. And one of those was freak shakes. Which are like ginormous milkshakes, which, you know, you just listen to it. But yeah, so that was something that I was like already annoyed even before I went back to the U.S. And I was in downtown Nashville with my family and we went to this place that sells freak shakes. And I was like instantly so angry. (laughs) That is a a classic symptom of culture shock is you're just going along fine with your day and suddenly you're just overwhelmed with anger. (laughs) Not like confusion. Not I feel like the word shock with culture shock is kind of a misnomer. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like you're kind of like, oh, I can't handle things or zoning, you know, like turned into a zombie Mm -hmm. or something. But instant onset anger. That's a big one. Yep. That you don't really like exactly understand why you're angry. (laughs) Right. You can sort of think logically like, well, I mean, I can see why this is fine and it shouldn't make me angry, but you still feel overwhelmingly, uncontrollably angry. (laughs) Yeah. They were so expensive and they were so huge. And like enough calories for a whole day. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was just like so annoyed and I was like, come on, America. Like if you want a dessert, then you need to just pick one. Like (laughs) you can't have everything that you want. Just choose ice cream if you want ice cream or a donut or whatever. But like not all of that. By the way, I have not. I don't know. Maybe I haven't been back to the U.S. recently enough. But in December, these are not a thing in L.A. So they'll probably pass out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's everywhere that I went, there were freak shakes or something. Right, yeah. But, you know, downtown Nashville. I mean, also, they followed you here because, like, when you were on the plane coming back, Nepal Food posted about them. They're not as big, though. They fit in a Nutella jar. It's, like, cute. (laughs) Okay, so I feel like those were a lot of bad things, but what pleased you or what? What made you overwhelmingly joyous when you (laughs) went back to your home, one of your homes? Well, despite all the negative things that I just said, like, America was awesome. (laughs) It was kind of hard to come back just because I got spoiled there as well. Um, Getting to spend time with my family was amazing. I thought it was going to be stressful just because there's so many of us all getting together, but... It ended up just being perfect and, like, restful. And, like, all of the things that I love to do were now amplified 
Mm. And I felt like I had a lot more energy. And I also like was amazed at how much open space there is in the US. And like, especially, I mean, I'm from, like I said, basically the American equivalent of a Nepali village, like very much out in the country and um, everybody has land and not even farming. I mean, there is a lot of farming, but not necessarily farming land or anything. And just like so much open space and forests and rolling grasslands and stuff is what I spent the last month in. And it was so beautiful. And that's something that I didn't think about at all. Because in Nepal, I mean, it's a pretty small country. And there are like wild places, but there are usually people there, you know. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) densely populated for how like rugged the landscape is. Yeah. Like, Basically, if you can live there, then you do and you're going to have like made the land into farming land. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in in America, like we have so much space. And so I was just amazed at how many forests there were. And like, it's so beautiful. There's nothing there except for like trees and animals. (laughs) I had no idea how to prepare myself for that. Yeah, it, it sounds like like from when I was talking to you before, we also are friends outside of this podcast, you <laughs> <Whoa>. know. <laughs> but it sounded like you really were able to appreciate some things about the US that you hadn't either hadn't appreciated before or like actively thought was kind of lame or not that great. Yeah. Now the south where I'm from, it almost looks like to me like the countryside of England, mm. having not actually been there, just like have watched <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> real estate shows, British real estate shows, real estate shows, Pride and Prejudice, same, same, same difference. But yeah, just rolling grasslands and like the culture is super nice too. People talk to you and just be really friendly and it's not weird. You have mm-hmm. really nice waitresses who are like over attentive yeah give you so much coffee (laughs) which would probably stress me out as a west coaster (laughs) they'll call you honey and what you need sugar (laughs) that's so cute yeah i do feel like there's like a level of engagement with strangers that isn't the same here like despite how genuinely nice people are in Mm -hmm. nepal like seriously willing to just help someone out that they don't know at all take a lot of time out of their day to do so you know there's a different there's like a way that we have in the u.s i feel like of engaging with people that you've never met before and you'll never see again that goes a little bit deeper than just the kind of i don't know it's not like they're asking you like about your grandma and you know like (laughs) but there's just it's it's like very subtle social and cultural cues i feel like that kind of show like oh, I'm as comfortable with you as I would be with a friend that I have known for a little while. And that's something that I've noticed when I go back, you know, a bartender who just acts really comfortable with you or, you know, a waiter or someone checking you out at the store or whatever. Not checking you out. I mean... Maybe checking you out. I mean, checking you out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how do you say that verb? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. Is that right? It's just just don't. It just overlaps. (laughs) Checking you out at the store. There you go. That sounded totally natural. That's my anti-sexy voice. Robots not sexy. I mean, maybe they are for some people. I don't judge. 
<sighs> That's another podcast. We don't go there. <laughs> We're trying not to go there. Yeah, we'll do our best. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> anyway, America, it's nice. Actually, that happened to me. So I went to the U.S. Embassy for the first time in four years of living here. And it was so interesting. Like, I think when I go to the U.S. and see a lot of these things, they don't feel that weird to me. But because it's located in a very busy part of Kamandu that's not really aimed toward foreigners, like yeah. very Nepali part of Kamandu, it's such a stark contrast. It's a little bit jarring. Everyone was so friendly. Like, it's mostly Nepalis that work there. But I felt like they were, like, trained in, like, how to make Americans feel mm-hmm. comfortable because they're just, like so nice and engaging and how are you ma'am and yes i'll help you yeah it was a very strange wow. and interesting experience yeah speaking of government offices i had to renew my driver's license when i was in the u.s dmv dun, dun, dun. Yeah. and that was a funny experience because my nepali experience rubbed off without me really realizing it nice. <laughs> so when we're getting visas or anything um, I mean, you just want to be as positive as you possibly can because you don't want to be a grumpy, big, white American and make other people grumpy around you. And so it's more of an attitude of, oh, what can I do to make this better? How can I help? You know, um, put it on yourself in that way. And so I did that with the DMV, too. He was like, <gasps> yeah, so you need this and this paperwork. And I was like, oh, well. I don't have that because I left it all in Nepal. Smile. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, is there anything I can do? <laughs> and he was like, well, if you have like something with your social security on it, like your full social security number, then, you know, I can take that. And so I'm like putting it on my phone and, you know, preparing it for him. And he didn't even ask for it after that. <laughs> but I like totally wasn't phased. And I feel like if I had yeah. only lived in the States, I would have been like, oh, no it's over i'm gonna have to come back next week and i was like oh can i do anything about that assuming there has to be some kind of loophole i also feel like after living in nepal i'm just better at waiting yeah. you know or like things don't stress me out like once i locked i was in the u.s and i locked my keys in my car <laughs> and so i realized like uh, so i called my friend and her fiance who i had just had dinner with and they came back and picked me up. And I'm like, oh, can you just take me to the party I'm going to? Like, I'll just get my car in the morning, whatever, you know. Da, da, da. <laughs> we were, after, like, we were kind of driving for a while. And then her fiance was like, you're so calm. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, if this had happened, I would have been really mad, like, and you know, annoyed and frustrated. <laughs> like, ah. Oh. <laughs> it's just like the old Nepali, like, fatalism. Yeah, yeah. The, is like yeah. s- kind of bad in some ways but also so helpful yeah and i feel like it's the same like in a government office if you're like you know if you're sitting at the dmv like oh, oh my god when is my number gonna come up oh, so annoyed why i'd have to be there but if you just like relax and like well i'm gonna be here no matter what i don't have control over this you can people watch you can I feel like you can enjoy yourself a lot more oh yeah Although one thing that americans are patient at that i don't understand anymore is texting like, even within my family, like, my sisters who I, I was hanging out with, two of my sisters, um, they would text each other to be like, oh, when's she coming? Yeah, let me see where she's, where she's at, when she's going to be here. And I was like, why don't you just call her? They'd be like, I texted her, but she hasn't texted me back. I'm like, call her. I don't understand why you would be waiting around for a text. 
Because in Nepal, like, I don't know. You just call people. You don't I mean, like, we very message, often. but... Yeah, not, not like in the U.S. where it's like, you never call, yeah. you know? Like, you call if it's an emergency only. Yeah. Um, okay, White, any final thoughts about your experience? Yeah, America, basically, you rock. I don't think I really appreciated you before I moved out, but... I think living in a different country, all we hear is kind of the negative things that are happening. That's most of what we hear on the news. And so it was good to just be reminded that life is just continuing on basically the same as it was before. Mm-hmm. And like people are still the same as I remember them being. And we're not all like caught up in political drama. You know, people are still just living life. <laughs> good. Oh, that's so encouraging. Yeah. Well. That was like a really good wrap up. So now I don't want to do this, but I, I saved some of the messages that you sent me while you Ooh, were in I'm the so U.S. Excited. And I'm going to read them to you. So this is before you left for the U.S. You said, in my pre-travel brain, when I'm trying to sleep, I keep having a panic thought of, oh, my gosh, did I pack toilet paper? <laughs> oh and I think that's my default travel <laughs> thought. It means it's time I step out of Asia. <laughs> yeah, that's how we prepare for field work. <laughs> she sent me a picture of the bubbly water that she purchased (laughs) dasani so proud not a sponsor (laughs) but if you want to sponsor us we will accept you she says that deserves one of those stickers we talked about quote went to home country and didn't cry unquote okay here's another one i'm playing would you rather with my nephew with their alexa oh yeah alexis the future is now (laughs) Allegra. <laughs> Allegra. What them kids doing? If you haven't seen it, look up the SNL Amazon Echo Silver video. Mm, It'll change good. your life. Um, but White says it's weird, like an AI babysitter. And that is something that I totally... It weirds me out that people have these things in their homes that are on purpose, listening yeah. to them all the time. Am I... I don't know. Maybe I'm being like tinfoil hat crazy, but it <laughs> weirds me out. She also sent me a photo of herself holding normal-sized lemons. <laughs> Asked my mom to pick up a couple of lemons. I forgot we're ginormous. <laughs> They're so big. Okay, I should no. post a picture of our lemons. You should bring a lemon back so you can put them <laughs> side by side. I'm going to get arrested Our lemons that. here are like the size of ping pong balls. So whenever you go to the U.S., you get real overwhelmed. And then I also don't know what to do in recipes. It's like juice from one lemon i'm like is it six lemons yeah. is it eight of our lemons but I like i guess also our lemons have less rind mm. so it's more juice to rind ratio true than America. it's confusing i don't know we're really talking about cocktails here by the way <laughs> secrets Very out important to us okay here's one that I won't read exactly what White wrote, but I will complain that apparently wearing chacos with normal clothes is an acceptable fashion choice in some parts of my home country, and I'm not okay with it. It is a big deal in the South. Uh, I can't even. I just, no. Anyway, so there was some culture shock happening surrounding that situation. It was one of the more American moments that I went through in a month of being in America. Yeah, I mean, if that's the, like, most intense, unpleasant thing that happened to you, I think you had a pretty good experience. I would certainly say so. Okay, to wrap this up, I'm going to read this last message that White sent me while she was in the U.S. Quote, 
all the crazy eyes because I'm just so excited. Okay, so my favorite part of the trip was talking to the immigration officer to enter the U.S. And he looked at my passport pic and was like softly, you're so white. <laughs> I forgot about this. And I was like, I know, I'm like Voldemort in that pic. And then he asked out Nepal and about research and made me happy to be home. Yeah, it was amazing. That message made awesome. me smile and laugh so much. <laughs> he was like the nicest immigration officer I've ever had. I love coming to the U.S. because they're always like, welcome home. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm getting scrutinized. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I belong here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, shall we move on to our mailbag response of the week? Yes. I'm so excited about this. You guys actually have some thoughts about Yakin. It's kind of surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so you may remember in our first episode, we asked you guys about Yakin. Sorry, there's a delay because White was traveling. Um, but we heard back from you guys. My goodness. Okay. So our question was, what is Yakin? What's happening here? It's, <laughs> you know, it's a lot. You know, it's funny that we've like had all of these responses and we've like wondered for so long what yakin is and i've never even googled it (laughs) (laughs) you have good self-control you were saving it for this moment and basically all of our responses were from people from the northwest and we got this really interesting intersection of apparently the only people who know about yakin are koreans and real hip portlanders it's the only place where their Venn diagrams overlap besides kimchi. It definitely has not made it to Arkansas. Not a peep from my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here's one from my Korean friend who says, I'm not an expert at yakon, but I've tasted them. It has a drier, milder taste than a watermelon. And his parents started planting them when their Korean friends told them about it. So I guess you can eat them raw or you can use it like potatoes in a stew. And the green part of the plant grows very tall. Intriguing. Um, I also heard from a friend who has used yak and syrup as a sugar substitute. So she says it was, she bought it for a recipe book called, this is amazing, A Sweet Life Without Sugar. (laughs) And she bought it, it was very expensive, in the Portland Co-op, of course, Um, But it tastes, the syrup tastes a lot like molasses. She said she didn't like the root vegetable because it was really sweet, but it's high in something called FOS, which which is an indigestible sugar and probiotic. So feeds the health, the gut health. That's maybe one of the reasons it's hip. We also heard from another friend who looked it up and sure enough, they sell it at Walmart. (laughs) Oregon (laughs) I love it the Wikipedia blurb says that it's related to daisies actually so you're eating the root of like a flower I guess but it's mostly from the Andes in South America originally and from Colombia and it says it's known for its crisp sweet tasting tuberous roots Mm, isn't that appealing exactly what I want delicious So I also have another friend who um, is dating an Ecuadorian, and she was trying to be all judgy, and she was like, yajon, not a thing, (laughs) but they call it jicama, but I looked it up, girlfriend, and I found out that 
only in Ecuador do they call it jicama. Jicama is actually a different plant. I don't know if you guys have had jicama. It's sort of like a giant sweet watercress. It's a it's a root, also a root plant. Um, very crisp and delicious. But yacon, or I don't know, um, is traditionally grown in Colombia, and sometimes is called the Peruvian ground apple. Isn't that appealing? <laughs> Which solves the mystery of why this yakun juice that I bought says in parentheses ground apple. Oh. <laughs> when I was at the store, I was like, are you telling me it tastes like ground up apples? Like, I'm, But then or the like ingredients say dirty. That's what the I ingredients that. are fresh and good yakun. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but the best. Thank you, Fresh Himalayan Agro Products Pivot Limited. <laughs> Private Limited. I'm good at that. So um, before we actually taste it, I just wanted to listen to how to pronounce yachon. Shakon. Shakon. So it starts with an S, apparently. <laughs> <Sakon>. <laughs> it's like that weird Argentinian that accent. Misleading. It is. Okay, well, let's uh, pop this baby open <clears throat> and pour it. Insert pouring sound clip here. <laughs> Okay, Miss Way, are you ready to try this? I'm ready. Cheers. <laughs> mm. It smells like like crackers. This is like a wine tasting. <laughs> like we should put it in our mouths, but not actually swallow it. Like spit it, in. put it in the spittoon. Breathe out. Mm, yeah, <laughs> swirl it. It has a nice. Uh... It does have some sediment. <laughs> Major ooh, sediment. Ooh. On three, ready? One, two, three, go. Kind of boring. Tastes like a ground apple. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I feel like it reminds me of something nutty. It tastes a lot better than it smells. I know. It smells like those um, gluten-free rice cookies from Trader Joe's <laughs> with black seeds on them. <laughs> You've had those, right? <laughs> Am I making specific. a deep cut here? <laughs> well, um... I would give this a 7 out of 10. Yeah. I would drink it again, but I find it overly sweet for my taste. I need to mix it with something tangy or water or something. To me, it kind of tastes like, I mean, it tastes like apples, but it's kind of like, you know, the wax apples that you always wanted to eat when you're a kid. (laughs) That's a very negative description. That's kind of what it tastes like. Like apples, but kind of Tastes like grape nuts. Grape nuts? Yes. Like cereal? Yes. Aftertaste of grape nuts. Wow. Done and done. Well, thank you guys so much for your listener mailbag responses. And we have another question for you. We'd love to hear back. All right. So our question for you is language related, as many things in this podcast are. Plural. So if you have ever learned a second language whether that's high school French or Spanish or study abroad or anything like that uh, we would like to know what kind of funny mistakes blunders etc you have made in the course of your language learning we certainly have plenty to share but we would love to hear from you guys about that we don't want to be the only ones who are embarrassed on this podcast so we get to be idiots plenty of times so it's your chance to share with us Welcome. And you can, of course, as always, send your mailbag and or fan mail to our email address, which is bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. 
And of course, you should also follow us on all the social medias. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Our podcast is on iTunes. It'd be great if you give us a review over there, even if you don't necessarily always use that app. You can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. You guys are awesome. (laughs) And as per usual, we also would like to remind you about our big white secret that you guys are also a part of. Uh, We know that you know... That we, we know, are. that you know, that we yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, we like to keep things simple around here. We know that you know who we are. You, Most of us are our friends. But will you please just abstain from linking our personal social media accounts or mentioning our actual names? Um, if you're talking about Big White Podcasts, which I hope that you guys do if you like us. Mm-hmm. Just remember, I'm big. And I am white. Get it right. <laughs> well... Friends, thank you so much for listening, and we're going to sign off with a traditional Nepali phone call. Goodbye. Okay? Okay. 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 Great. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. 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 Okay.